0: Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, episode with uh, the sports card therapist, Rob Girard, contacted me, had an idea for an episode. He basically suggested most of the questions, and I turned the tables back on him a couple times. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, sponsors. Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Harking the Sky Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com and here
1: it is. Your legacy, your name just hovers over the hobby. It's almost like Disney. Like Most people that know of Disney don't even know there was a Walt Disney. They just know of Disney. It's almost the same with Beckett. How does it feel looking back just to know the influence that you have had over the hobby?
0: People that know of Walt Disney, he's passed away a long time ago, and I'm still here. It's interesting that I've sold my company. I'm not as in the limelight as I was, but I I love this hobby. I'm a lifer. Even though I sold my company a number of years ago, I'm I'm still enjoying it. It's hard to describe when you're walking around, you hear your name thrown around, generally in positive tones, but people enjoyed the the work products and the the things that we did and, and that the company's still doing with my name on it.
1: When it comes to the operations of the business, what is it you miss the most now that you're retired? I
0: miss the employees, but not the payroll. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the employees were my friends anyway, but they did expect to get a paycheck every two weeks. But it was great running the company. But I I don't miss being an executive. So basically, I'm still in the hobby, but I'm not the executive. I I don't have a desire to be an employee or have an employee. So I can just enjoy the hobby as a hobbyist. I feel like I've filtered out the things that were not as enjoyable, the HR and insurance and uh, a lot of logistical things. I'm good at that stuff, but I don't really enjoy doing it all the time. Now, the people that I used to see every day, I see every so often. At a card show or when I went up the office today and saw some of the guys. And I miss it, but I don't miss that pace of life. I've gotten margin back in my life.
1: What happens if you come across a card you want and it's in a different company? I wouldn't go,
0: I, I, BGS is not the only grading company, but it's the only grading company that's going on my wall. And I so like it. You pick up uh, a PSA, SGC, any of these others, good cards. I don't buy graded cards that much, but if, if I want to put them on the wall, I'll cross them over
1: yeah if i uh, don't
0: I'll just i'll sell them or trade them or something like that but it's not not a huge deal i'm not gonna spit on the car it's just (laughs) just, uh, my wall is set up with a special kind of holder that really only fits the bgs slab
1: i think everyone knows that when it comes to grading the two companies are psa and beckett what does the brand beckett need to do to continue at the forefront and, and not get passed by any other companies?
0: The better question is, if I were in charge, what can BGS do to overtake PSA? Mm. Uh, PSA has a big lead, but they do it a certain way, and BGS does it a certain way. Some of the distinctives of BGS are preferable to many people. So if I were still in charge, I'd, I'd really try to be even more aggressive in catching up on the turnaround times. And we started, there was an on-timer, it's free guarantee for a few years. Wow. We'd get out on time it was free and people would count the days but we had more buffer if we were getting overloaded we had people we could pull in from the price guide team that had helped initialize the grading effort that were mainly pricing cards, but in a pinch, they could come in and they were outstanding graders. But now the amount of backlog is so overwhelming for PSA and BGS millions of cards. And it's a (laughs) load problem that everybody wants to have, but it is still a headache to not be able to provide excellent service. But I put the same question back to you. What do you think BGS should do to improve their current position? It's a good brand, but or any tactical thing?
1: One thing that I can say that BGS does that's incredible, actually, I brought two Beckett graded cards with me just to show that are some of my favorites. As you can see, the iconic Wayne Gretzky OPG. And it's only a grade of a three, but it's my three, and it's an OPG. But I, what, <laughs> I love the dual labels right there. The dual numbers, the 9.510 auto just looks incredible. If maybe there was a way to continue to corner the market on the autograph cards because auto cards, on-card autos, sticker autos, they are just becoming so prevalent now and more popular than ever. I'm friends with a lot of collectors that they would prefer an on-card auto over someone's rookie. Like They prefer a Jordan on-card auto over a Fleer 1986 and to each his own, but I love collecting the rookies. But I'd imagine it would be a huge undertaking to create a registry. I think it's doable.
0: No, it's actually easy to create a registry and easy to create a pop report. But in business, some things are kind of winner take all. If you're in second place, it's like the Facebook and MySpace when they pulled the plug. It's not that they didn't have millions of people. It's just that they were a distant second. The investors saw that they really could not keep up. So for us to compete directly, BGS, with PSA, BGS does have a pop report. It does have a registry. SGC has a pop report. All of them have that but the dominant reg- dominant pop report for certain cards, for some of the more modern cards and, and some of the headline grabbing cards you've seen, they're in BGS holders. There's reasons to pick BGS over PSA. If I were in charge or I'm recommending, let's create some more reasons for people. There's more information. When you get your card back from BGS, if you've got subgrades, an overall grade and an autograph grade, you've got a lot more information than you have for just about any of the other grading companies. And I'm all about providing more information for collectors so they can make good choice and know the determinants of value. The fact that you like it, I agree. Having, having two grades on there, that's good.
1: I didn't know that about the pop report, to be honest. Because like you said, PSA is the dominant pop report. and And I've personally never looked up a, a Beckett pop report before.
0: But like in the 50s cards, the main pop report until recently was about 50s cards and PSA really had that market and BGS was really strong on the newer cards and still is. So on many of the newer cards, the pop report for BGS will be higher than PSA. But it, it got to where the PSA 10 was a standard for a, not mass produced, but some of these base cards that have gotten very expensive, that are recent. A lot of that was PSA. Now, a lot of them are BGS too, but the these Glamour cards that are a million plus, a lot of those are in BGS holders.
1: Yeah, definitely. I was recognizing that today, actually, as I'm on Card Ladder, just to watch the wow. ups and downs of a card. And when you look at the top, say, 50 sold cards, a lot are in BGS holders. Well, you don't,
0: you don't need a pop report for a one of one or one of 10 or maybe even one of 100. But it's interesting to see the distribution of the grades, how tough it is to get a good grade. So, Yeah, okay. yeah. Grading school, it's just grown beyond my expectations in the last couple of years.
1: And you know what?
0: I I knew we could have a strong effort and we're not going to be a copycat grader. We had our concept for grading that I thought was going to be an important contributor. And we weren't trying to put PSA out of business. We wanted to give people an alternative that was fresh and different. And like I say, we we had more costs that we engineered into it with the inner sleeve, a more secure holder and metallic colored labels, because I've always wanted to try to elevate the hobby. But what you're saying is this rising tide that we've had in the last two years, it's risen all the boats and every card, every dealer, every local card shop, every show, everything seems like it's doubled in the last two years or more. I didn't foresee that. I wasn't a doomsayer when COVID came on the horizon, but I I wasn't able to predict this. It's wonderful. It's wonderful.
1: Now, Beckett is the only company that grades those mid-80s star cards, which is Michael Jordan's true rookie, really.
0: It was nationally distributed, but not in packs, and they were in the team bags. But yeah, long time friendship with Steve Taft, who's West Coast, and he's basically tracked with Star since the very beginning. I did too, but he really focused on obscure basketball and things like that. He's very knowledgeable; could recognize easily. Star basketball is considered to be first and second printing, maybe that there may have been printed at a later date, possibly with the same printing plates, really hard to tell. But Steve, and he's not going to give away all his secrets, but I think BGS had a relationship with him since when I was there. He was always a strong contributor to the price guides and very knowledgeable hobbyist. That's helpful. But if you don't have that, you don't want to be slabbing things that are counterfeit or that are suspect, especially because those cars have gotten very pricey. Any of the Jordans are are big bucks. I want to have a free market where there's a willing buyer, willing seller, and the goods are authentic. We just said, if we're going to grade star cards, we're going to need to make sure that we're doing a good job on that. And when we enlisted Steve Taft's help, we said, there's no reason why we can't do this. Now, the others, they have to make their own decision. Just like the other graders, we, we had a guarantee of if we mess up, we're going to stroke a check. Yeah, so, They're not going to grade it if they're not confident that it's uh, the real deal. It's not even counterfeit necessarily with Star Company. It's It's just later printings, perhaps, and uncut sheets that were maybe cut many years later. The fact that we don't know, we at least know when Steve gets a card or when our guys get the card, they can at least tell this is legit enough to grade. If it's not, they send it back and they say, can't grade it.
1: Talking about slabs, the slang term for graded cards. Do you feel like we are in a junk slab era where maybe 10 years from now, people are just throwing out slabs because it's just like garbage and, and watering down the product?
0: That's going too far. It's not garbage. This is an interesting uh, dilemma, but cards that people were routinely grading for grading fees that were ten dollars or less that they were selling for fifteen or twenty dollars and maybe they're not tens, maybe they're nines. What happens when the grading fees all of a sudden are north of twenty dollars or 25 dollars, 30, 40, 50, 100. So that same card that you would have gotten graded five years ago for ten bucks, now costs 50 bucks to grade. But that $10 card that you were trying to sell for $20, is it now worth $50? Because that's what it costs to grade it. It makes a disequilibrium in the market. Mm. All the cards that are already graded ought to be worth more because grading costs more. And that's not happening because people got used to paying 20 bucks or 15 bucks for a nine of something. So the junk slab aspect will work itself out because as PSA especially has greatly increased what they're accepting and the prices, it's going to weed out some of these cards that people have been thinking, hey, why not get it graded? If it's a 10, it might go up. But now if it's a nine, it may not be worth the grading fee. And then it's not junk but they're going to lose money. People better be really good at pre-grading, but that's what it's done. So that'll weed itself out because people are not going to keep sending stuff to any of these grading companies if they don't feel like they can make money. I have an account on Com C. The graded cards that I have there, many of them are priced at less than what it would cost to get them graded. Yet they're sitting, does that make a junk slab? No, it's just the market's finding its, its equilibrium. But people have two decisions to make. Number one, do I want to buy that card? And they're saying no. But then the next person is going to say, do I want to get that card graded? I I can't get that card graded if it's available all day long at less than the cost of grading. So this junk slab thing is, I think, a temporary phenomenon. It's going to work its way out. But right now, yes, you're seeing cards that are selling for less than the cost of grading. And that ought to be upsetting to all the grading companies. But collectors will adjust. Investors will adjust.
1: I start selling at shows and every dollar I make goes right back into my PC. And that's ultimately how I'm able to get these four and five figure PC cards. I go on eBay and I'll find a BGS nine or a PSA nine brand new slap selling for $9. It'll be like a Lamar Jackson or a Patrick Mahomes PSA nine selling for $14. I'll buy every single one of those I see because at a show, I know I'll be able to get at least 30 for it. It's a brand new. Sl- they
0: can't replicate it. They can't take their rock card. So you're right. Other people will be doing that. The example you used just suggests that if it's a Lamar Jackson, is that really a junk slab? But Jared Goff, perhaps, unless he mm. turns around real quick, he's on the wrong team now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, there might be a problem there that he's not going to go, or some of these other quarterbacks like uh, Lamar Jackson. So for Lamar Jackson, you're buying him at below cost.
1: Yeah, absolutely. On
0: Com C and seeing cards for under fifty cents when it costs fifty cents to list it. <laughs> so you're, you're, it's almost like a negative price but, oh. but, but if you buy it you still have to resell it if it doesn't sell at 40 cents who says it's going to sell at 50 cents or 60 cents or a dollar or whatever the cool thing about the hobby is that there are no rules there's not a lot of regulation you could walk a show and you see crazy things crazy high but also crazy low that's a steal in the sense that if there was a run on lamar jackson people wanted to get more of those graded That you've doubled immediately or tripled or quadrupled because it's already graded. And not only that, you saved yourself six or eight months. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I already see people doing that at shows, going through the $5 box of slab cards. Yeah. Maybe that's junk slab in a sense because five bucks is less than what anybody can get now, but they're not great players usually. You're a good eye if you pick that up, but those will be gone. What will be left are failed rookies who are, you know, old now and have no meaningful increase. So unless wow. uncle or cousin comes along, it's it's going to sit there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's not
0: a good deal. If I hate Italian food and they have uh, an Italian restaurant that has half off, I'll tell my friend that likes Italian food, but I don't want to go there. I, it's not a deal if you don't like it.
1: Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm.